Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nostalgia Crew. I'm your host, Bill, and as always with me is Danielle. Hello. And we are actually excited for this episode. Um, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> we have um, many wonderful stories that we're going to talk about of something that Danielle and I did, have, did a long time ago, but not at the same time. Um, also, we're going to have a very special list that we worked on very hard, um, although one may have worked harder than the other. Um, <laughs> probably you, Danielle. Well, no, this was a very agonizing decision. and That's why you worked harder than me on this I, one. No, it's still, I, even though it's an opinion, you know, nowadays it's like your opinion, people are right. saying, you know. And we're, and we're also going to have our movie and album of the month that you guys should get. Or maybe rent. Well, mm -hmm. you can rent movies. You can't rent albums. No, so. you can't. So if I tell you to buy an album, you got to go buy an album. Um, Yeah. Let's start off um, a little bit of unfortunate news. Of course, this happened a while ago, but I think it should be brought up. Yeah. Uh, Satoru Iwata, uh, who was the president of Nintendo, passed away uh, a little bit over a week ago as of this recording. And I, I think it should... We're bringing this up because we both play video games. I mean, I still do um, to a degree. I mean, I have my Xbox here, and um, we actually... Well, I'll say that in a minute, but... Um, I think it's safe to say, for the both of us, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, Danielle, uh -huh. that Nintendo, in some some way of a form, was a big part of our childhood. Oh yes, definitely, without question. Because if it wasn't the arcades, mm -hmm. it was NES. Oh, yeah. Or Super, Super NES. NES. Or Nintendo 64. Mm -hmm. um, I know for me, we still have our NES. The, the regular, not the Super? Right, the regular. Really? We have it at a special location that <laughs> I can't say on the air. Because I'm sure if I do, everyone's going to try and break in. But... Um, it still works, and my nephews like playing on the regular Nintendo. Parenting done right. Well, uncle name well, done right. Brought him over to go play with it. No, actually, what it is is they come to me. Oh, like they like, don't. Uncle Bill, we want to play. Yeah, like they come to me. Um. Because they know, oh, Uncle Bill, he, you know, video games, Uncle Bill, you know. So, on our last trip, um, JT and Jacob would, you know, play, you know, they wanted to play. And I was like, sure. And, and, and it would be funny sometimes because JT would ask me, and obviously you guys can't see this because this is a podcast, but I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what he does. So he'll come to me, and he'll point to me, and then he'll point to himself. Just imagine this in your mind. 
Okay. And then he points to, like, the TV. And it's sort of a fun game of charades, so it's like, me, you, Nintendo. And he goes, mm hmm Because <laughs> he does that sometimes. And 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 uh, and I say sometimes, well, we gotta wait, you know, to see if anyone's using, you know, like maybe somebody's watching TV, and he's okay with it. But once nobody's watching it or no one's using it, we'll go play. Um, and I'm sure you guys are wondering what games in particular they like to pull out and play. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is one of them. Mm -hmm. Sesame Street Hide and Seek, which is a, yep. Well, that's Jacobs. Um, Super Mario Brothers Three. Uh, what else? Championship Bowling was a new one from this last trip. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, they you know they try. They're young. Obviously, you know it takes a long time to get used to you know, doing the right stuff, but they enjoy it. And I think that's a good thing to pass on to a younger generation is if you have something like a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo, give them, you know, let them play it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, did you have any of the Nintendo systems? Oh, yes. We um, had a... <laughs> we had Super NES. We got it for, um, I believe it was Christmas, and my sister and I were real young when we got it. Um, probably younger than your nephews. I was about, I'd say, five or six, maybe? Okay. Yeah. So, um, and my sister was, um, then she'd be a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> um, we um, had Super Mario World. And we were kids. We're little. We didn't really get it at first. Um, there's this little thing in Super Mario World. Um, I don't know if you if you have Super Mario World, so you probably will have no idea what I'm talking no, about. No, I, I, we never got the Super NES. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Which I'm now thinking of getting now as an adult. So. Okay. <laughs> at, well, thir at 30 years old, I'm thinking of getting it now. So. All right. Well, there's the Yoshi's Island 2 on Super Mario World. Um you have to, there's like a line of Koopas, and you have to pick up the shells and hit them. You hit them all in a line, and it gets you an extra life. That's what you're supposed to do. Or you're just supposed to walk past them or jump on them. But five-year-old me did not understand that, and I kept running into them. Every time I played this game, run into them, run into them. And my aunt was baby, my aunt's the one that bought us this, and she's babysitting us. Our parents were out to dinner. And I think... Like, she spent, like, a whole hour watching me just run into them. Try again, Dad. Yeah, run into them. <laughs> um, and finally, my sister um, I was just like, hey, I'll walk the other way. And she got, like, further. And we're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, but we were, we were raised with Super NES. Um my sister is a far more advanced player than I am. Right. Uh, I was, they always say the oldest child was player one. Uh, one, and it's players, no, it was the other way around because Vicky was the master. 
but yeah, we had Super NES, we had Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3, and we had Mickey Mouse Magical Quest. We also had N64 um, with Mario 64. In fact, did you have Mario 64? Now, now I'll, I'll tell you, because that's interesting you bring that up, because I think that Christmas, I think it was like 96, the big battle was either the N64 or the PlayStation. Right. And I ended up with, the, or I wanted a PlayStation. Right. I wanted a play. We actually wanted the PlayStation too, because there was this game on PlayStation called Power Rapper the Rapper. Oh, and that. Oh no, I never got I that game. I saw the commercials. I was like, oh, that looks like fun. I want that game. And, and uh, but we got a super. We got an N64. And um, we had Mario 64, and I don't know if anybody's ever played Mario 64, but when you first enter the castle in Mario 64, all the castle walls, they have, like, um, clouds and the sky, like, painted on them. Mm-hmm. My sister wanted her room redone to look like that <laughs> when she was a kid. Um, she's about, let's say, 12 or 13. And my mom did it. My mom... Um, put like hills, the sky, and hills and clouds on my sister's wall. Um, it doesn't look anywhere near like it, but she did it. And then um, my mom's like, "Oh, it looks so bare." So she went and put like stickers of butterflies and things. <laughs> my sister got so upset because she's like, "That's not what it looks like in the game." But <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah. Nintendo was a huge part of my childhood. Um, I don't play video games as much as I used to. I play The Sims, which some people say looks different. Um, and I was never, I'm not really good at video games, but I will play them occasionally. And I'm like really behind on gaming systems. So, <laughs> um, Well, actually I have right in front of me a couple of things about um, Mr. Iwata. Mm-hmm. In June of 2000, he was appointed as the director of Nintendo, and in May 2002, he was appointed as both president and representative director, and in June, excuse me, 2013, he was appointed CEO of Nintendo of America, Inc. So, he had a very successful career with Nintendo. It sucks that he's gone. And, and, I, and, I, and I think we should clarify... We both are not saying this is the end of Nintendo. Obviously, oh, it's not. Happens, no. You know, it's just he was a right. big part. Yes. Of... And actually, he well, he became part of the, you know, further after the period when we, I think, like we were teenagers when he's, you know, mm-hmm. started. So a lot of my memories of Nintendo are from like the early to mid '90s. But certainly, it, it's a huge. It's a loss. It's yeah, definitely it's a loss. Yeah, a huge loss. And um, it Mario. <laughs> yep. Uh, Be very interesting to see in say like the next two years what happens with Nintendo in general. Yeah. Yeah. Be very interesting. Um, I don't follow the gaming community as much. Yeah, I don't either. So yeah. I just I just go by my friends and what they yeah, say. Yeah, I I have friends who are huge gamers. I've dated 
huge gamers. So basically what I know about gaming currently is from either them or my sister and her boyfriend who have Wii U and they play a lot. So Right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um all right, now I got this list. Or I saw this list on um Facebook the other day. Uh-huh. I think yeah, I tagged you on this. Oh yes, yes, that uh, of Disney products. Mm-hmm. Leonora Epstein of BuzzFeed.com uh, recently wrote an article writing about 26 Disney products that are now worth bank, uh, according to eBay and Etsy. I've never heard of Etsy. E -T -S -Y. Oh, you don't know what Etsy is? No, I've never heard of it. Oh, it's a, um, it's a site where people make crafts. They sell crafts that they make. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so uh, Miss Epstein obviously did research, and she found 26 different Disney products from our childhood that are worth big money. So if you have any of these items, they may be worth some money. Now, of course, this, okay. is, this is according to eBay and Etsy. Right. And um, I wanted to add one thing before you start. Mm -hmm. um, it's that is what they are, like you said, um, might be worth that much. It's basically at the end of the day, it's whether the person you find that's willing to buy it is willing to pay that much. Exactly. Too. So. So if you have yeah, any of these products, we have this much now. Yeah. So if you have any of these products, please do not go crazy and. Start asking for these prices, because there are some that are a little bit over overboard, I think. So, mm -hmm. but let's get right into it. The first item on the list is a kissing Simba and Nala. Uh, yes, uh, the, the the magnets. Really? Yes, that's the first one. I have a vague memory of that. But... All right. Ninety nine, ninety nine. Is what that Miss Epstein found. All right, and and I'll post a link in our uh, Facebook group so everyone can check it out and agree or disagree. Uh, next is the Beauty and the Beast tea set. I do not remember this ever. Me neither, and I loved Beauty and the Beast as a child. My whole my bedroom is it well, eight years old. Well, this is the first of many, so Oh, okay. Uh the tea set valued at a hundred forty dollars. <laughs> All right, next up the one hundred one Dalmatians Giga Pet. Oh, my sister had that. Did she get rid of it? Probably yes. Her name was Jules. How long did Jewel live? I can't remember, but um, yeah, my sister had the 101 Dalmatians Gigapet, and her name was Jewel, and I have no freaking clue where Jewel is. This was almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Probably in Gigapet heaven. Um, yeah. The value of this is $59.90. Eh, that's not worth <laughs> Alright, next up, the Disney Store Aladdin Plush Genie. Ooh. 
I should have made this a game. You guess, like, without the closest without going over. Do, do you want to do that or just read it? Yeah, just read it because all right. I... All right, I, yeah, all right. Man. Yeah, even though I love The Price is Right. right. I guess. Well, okay, I'm just curious. On this one, what would you have guessed? I, I'd say $80. You are not even in the ballpark. Did it, like, skyrocket because of the death of Robin Williams? Maybe. Probably? It might have. Uh, $1,000. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Although it is plush, so... Yeah? Okay, next one. Beauty and the Beast on VHS. Oh. Are you ready for this? What? Five hundred dollars. Is that does that mean in the original plastic case mm -hmm. is what they're Yep, in the okay, ori the original fine. case. Yeah. The tape is out though, but But I mean how many of us as children had those cases on the floor and stepped on them? Original case, original I never stepped on them. Oh well you were a more careful child. Yes, I was. Not even knowing what twenty years anyway. <laughs> Yeah, but original case, original cover, with the tape, $500 for a videotape. I mean, I, real quick, I see wrestling videotapes go for this much. Like the Coliseum videos. And, and for those that know what I'm talking about, they probably, some of them probably are $500. Uh, I'll, I'll save that lesson for another day. But, like, the wrestling stuff that you, you know, see it go for that much, is it rare to find it on DVD? Oh, no, you can't find it at all on DVD. That's what I'm saying. It's, you can find Beauty and the Beast on DVD. It's straight up VHS only. Yeah, but, like, it's not like it's a rare movie that you can't find in any other format. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I understand. I understand. Yeah. All right. Next up, the Cinderella Twin Flat Sheet. A hundred fifteen dollars. A hundred and fifteen dollars? Mm-hmm. For a sheet set? Twin flat sheet. Oh. Huh. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. You, you remember Tiger, right? They used to have the little handheld games. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is one of their products. The Rescuers Down Under Tiger Electronic Game. I didn't know they made one. I didn't know either. We had, um, I had Snow White, and my sister had The Lion King, so we had no idea they had that one. Uh, this one is going for $49.99. Ah, that's about triple what it cost when we bought it, maybe? Hmm. I, yeah. Next one, The Lion King Backpack. This is uh, with Simba. Simba is the backpack. Fifty nine ninety five. Oh, is that like one of those? It's like an animal, and you kind of um, put it on your back, like when you um, yeah using part. Okay, yeah, I remember those. All right, next one. Sun colors Pocahontas doll and gift set. Hmm. Never heard of this. No. Actually, this is a deluxe gift set. 
three hundred dollars. Well, that I can see. Only because Pocahontas did have as huge of a following as, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, Cause, I mean, I, I, my only memory of actually seeing that movie in the, in the theaters is that somebody hit my mom's car on the way to the movie theater. I really don't even remember yeah. anything else. <laughs> well, uh, I'll tell you a quick story because um, I, I have this movie, and it, this is not my movie of the month, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, it's a movie called Waking Sleeping Beauty, and it's basically about the, oh, Dis- yeah. the Disney Animation Studio and basically their comeback from near death. <laughs> and they talked about how one of the executives at Disney wanted to make Pocahontas like the next big movie that, <laughs> you know, instead of The Lion King. And. We all know how it ends up with Lion King being one of the biggest movies of all time. And yeah. and it really took um and not to take this, you know, off topic, but it really took them a while to get back after such a successful movie like Lion King. So Oh yeah, that's um we were talking about that at work the other day. Um because they refer to the period that um, when we were children as the Disney Renaissance, and in terms of when you know you're ranking timelines of Disney animated films, yeah. like Little Mermaid to, um, to the mid '90s is the Disney Renaissance. I, I I'd agree with that. Yeah, and we're trying to um, name what movie ended the Disney Renaissance, and we, we had a hard time trying to think of it, but we knew. It was after the Lion King. I, I I'd have see. I, ooh, that 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 would be a good debate for another show. Yeah, it would be. Uh, and well, also because my favorite animated Disney movie isn't part of that. Is one of my favorite Disney animated movies is a Goofy movie, but that doesn't fall in that whole thing. Yeah, I don't, well, we'll 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 have that discussion. We'll talk about that later. Another time. Yeah. All right. Next item. Mickey's Treasure Ship Play-Doh Set. Ooh. 100, 131 Okay. Didn't know they made Disney Play-Doh, so... All right. Next up, Adult Nala Plush Toy. Hmm. $149.99. All right. Uh, next one. Tyco. Now, this is a little bit odd, because when I hear Tyco, I think of cars, toy cars. Mm-hmm. They came out with an Ariel doll. Oh. And the Ariel doll is her in her bride's gown. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. $74.99. I haven't heard of Tyco in years. Are they still around? That's a good question. Actually, I'll go look it up. Okay, you go look it up. I'm curious about that because I remember, you know, they would have commercials on all the time. Yeah, because the only thing I remember of Tyco is cars. I don't remember. Yeah. Well, well, while Danielle's looking up that, the next item is the Beauty and the Beast Bell Watch. Good looking watch from the picture Mm -hmm. I'm looking at. $210. 
Yeah, yeah, I I could see that being over two hundred. Okay, found it. Okay, are they still in business? They were bought by Mattel in nineteen ninety seven. Yep, there we go. Okay. That's the end of that, folks. <laughs> Come back uh, in about five years when we do a tribute show to Tycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, next one. Mickey's Magic Water Game. Magic what? Water Game. Ooh. Hey. You, you, you remember the water game, right? Where, like, you push the button and all the little things go up and... Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, now I remember. Alright. $220. See, the problem with that is I know too many people who, if they found that, they would be more concerned with, oh, does it still work? Let's go, you know, try this out, as opposed to let's get $200. See, the thing is, because it has Mickey Mouse on it, the value goes up. Yeah. If it doesn't have anything Mickey or Donald or Goofy, or maybe even Minnie, the value is not that high. Hmm. All right. Next item. And I, I've never heard of this particular item, but I do know of the concept. Cartoon Classics VCR Board Game. Wow. And what that is, before I tell you guys the price, because I actually had, as a kid, the WrestleMania VCR board game. is, And, and, and I used the game completely wrong, by the way. Um, basically, you, you and somebody else, could be more people, you, you set out a board. You put the tape in. What you do is, when you land on a specific spot, you play the videotape, and it shows a clip, and it either helps you move forward, go backwards, basically try and help you win the game. Although for me, I just thought of it as another tape, so that's all I've ever done with that WrestleMania video game, or VCR board game. I just use the tape, I watch the tape. <laughs> right. So anyway, the value of this, $85. Hmm. We had the Cartoon Classics videotapes as kids, but we didn't, I didn't know there was a board game. I didn't know there was a board game either. Wow. And the hmm. description here is, yes, you could buy this vintage game for $85, but good luck finding a working VCR to work it. They have VCR DVD players. Buy one of those. They're worth your money. All right, next item. The Little Mermaid Storybook and Music Box. $500.90. Yep, that 90 cents is a killer. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Damn, damn that $90. I know. Well... And actually, the person posted uh, the link to all these items. So, if you want to look and maybe consider buying these. <laughs> mm -hmm. Next up, Toy Story Talking Woody Doll. Oh, 
$300. That does not surprise me. Not at all. Especially if it's from the first Toy Story, like it was, came out around the time of the first Toy Story. It definitely does not surprise me. Yeah, this is, it looks like this is from the first one. Yeah. Alright. Next item. And I'm going to have to sort of explain this one in a minute. The Lion King Hop a Croc Swamp Game. <laughs> And this, and this is not from the first Lion King. It's from the second one, Simba's Pride. Oh, my God. That's one of those things you kind of need the image, you know? $137.22. Hmm. I wonder how... I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> how do you play that game? <laughs> Alright, next up. The Pocahontas Jewelry Box. Didn't even know... Well, this is a small one, but... $42.08. They made a lot of jewelry boxes. Well, I mean, depending on the character and what the movie is, they're going to aim for girls. Oh, yes, yeah. Especially in the 90s nowadays, you know, they, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Pink cut. All right. The Little Mermaid Water Sprinkler. $100. Hmm. For a water sprinkler. Like I said, most people I know, if they found that, they'd be like, yeah, let's go try it out. And not, like, trying to get money for it. All right. The next item, 1990s Tomai Mickey and Friends character set. Who? I, I, let me see if I pronounced that right. It's either Tomai or, or Tumai or I don't know how you... Because it's all in one word. T-O-M-Y. T-O-M-Y. Yeah, check how you pronounce that. Yeah, I... Oh, okay. Tommy... Oh, Tommy? Tommy, maybe? I guess. Um, what the heck is Tommy? Oh, by the looks of it, um... It looks like... It might be, oh, I see, Tommy, um, is it a, because the site I'm on now says that, um, it is in the UK, the, um, store hmm. is in the UK. All right. So, I, I don't, well, well, we, yeah, we won't stress about it. Store. Yeah. $149.99. And these are for cars. Like little toy cars with Mickey and Donald and Minnie on it. Oh, no. It, it exists here, too. I just looked it up. It, it's a toy brand. Um, and their Facebook page is relatively current. They have... Inside Out and Pokemon on it, so I <laughs> never heard of them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next up, 
the Buzz Lightyear doll. If you have it in the box, $500. Ooh. Out of the box, probably not that much. All right. Now we're going to go to video games. This is our only video game, I think. Well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. The Rescuers one earlier. Right. The Aladdin game for Sega Genesis, $255.19. I've actually played that. Really? <laughs> yes. Um, my um, dentist office, when I was a kid, they had an arcade in there. Where you could, and they had Sega Genesis. You could play Aladdin, a Little Mermaid, and Sonic the Hedgehog while you waited to get your teeth drilled. Sometimes. Oh. <laughs> Man, now I need to. <clears throat> Next up, the River Rowing Pocahontas and Miko. Hmm. $190. Uh -huh. Yeah, and it's motorized. Ooh. So maybe, maybe that, that's behind the value. All right, next, the Darkwing Duck Thunder Quack Jet. $275. Mm. No comment. <laughs> no, um, I'm very glad that people are still acknowledging Darkwing Duck. <laughs> and our last item, the My Size Talking Aerial Doll. $1,700. I believe that. Because um, if it's similar to what I'm thinking of. Because Barbie had a similar thing. It was a My Size Barbie doll. And what it was is it's like a doll that's the same size as a little girl that's playing with it. And the outfit you could take off and you could wear. Hmm. And when I was a kid, my size Barbie was like $200. So that was 20 years ago. So I believe that. All right. Would you like to hear some of the comments from this article? <laughs> Never read the comments. Internet etiquette. Oh, come on. These are some good ones. <laughs> a lot. The ones that I'm reading are about the Beauty yeah. and the Beast videotape. There's a Beauty and the Beast tape on Amazon for like $8, LOL. Well. And that one was going for $500. Oh, no, he's slick. He's like, I'm going to buy the one on Amazon and then see if I can get $500 for that. All right. Next uh, one. Number five? Question mark, question mark. I literally bought a brand new, still covered in plastic Beauty and the Beast VHS for 99 cents at a Goodwill like last year. <laughs> it even had some Pizza Hut coupons inside. Expiration date was like September 91 or something. Ha ha ha. Ha. Wow, he probably get more for that. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good one. I'm mad because I have that aerial doll and all, and I cut all her hair off. She is bald as I can't say that word. I don't know why I have a habit of cutting all of my doll's hair. Also, her and Eric got it on so much he broke his pelvis. I was one weird kid. Well, from one weird kid to another, although I can't say that by 
doll sustained any <laughs> pelvic in- injuries, um, I feel for you. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh, let me see. Is there... Uh, all right, here's one more about Beauty and the Beast. Uh-huh. Number five is one person trying to sell a $12.95 VHS for $500. Good luck. Even my little mermaid with the... Oh, come on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit this out to keep it clean. Even my little mermaid with the buddy on the cover isn't worth half that much. And... It's a male part of the body. Right. So. That they think that the kingdom yeah. looks like, so they had to reissue. Yeah. Yeah. You uh. sick people. <laughs> well, you all know, there's there's a whole dirty Disney discussion that you could get into. Oh, and I know about the main one in the movie with, the with the yeah, bishop the priest for, oh i can okay i can break that myth right now for the record that is his knee i know that's not <clears throat> it's his knee mm-hmm. so i don't want to hear it yeah don't ruin my movie oh boy uh-huh. sick people mm. <laughs> mm. anyway uh getting uh, sick thoughts and sick minds out of the way. Um, I, I gotta get this off my chest. And this was something that, when I saw this, I was like, oh, Danielle's gonna like this. The Nostalgia Critic recently came out with a video of his top 11 TV intros. Uh-huh. And basically, for those that Weren't around in the good old days of TV intros. Oh, God, yeah. TV intros were about as much a part of the show as the actual show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and I think it's going away, the idea of a good intro to a TV show. And, 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 it, and it's not, not just like kids shows it's also like prime time it's advertising they have to cut you know more time now for advertising so they have to make them shorter which is kind of sad yeah i can probably only name out of the shows that i currently watch maybe one off the top of my head that has a theme song and that's the big bang theory yeah that's like the own okay so, Nostalgia Critic came out um, with his list of the top 11 TV intros. His list. For the most part, it's a good list. I am going to spoil number one, though, because I do not agree with number one. Uh-huh. So, if you have not seen this video... And it is up in our Facebook group. Stop what you're doing, click on the video, watch the video, and then come back to the show. Okay, so for those that didn't, and probably have seen it or don't care, 
His number one was Beetlejuice. Oh, so he's doing cartoons as well as sitcoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I disagree with his choice of number one so much. Yeah, that's... I Heck, I even disagree with number two, <laughs> which was Tales from the Crypt. Oh, God, no. I mean, now he does have good ones on there. Um, he has Thundercats on there. He has X-Men on there. But Beetlejuice number one? Oh, my God. I, Tales from the Crypt used to scare the shit out of me. It, I don't agree with it. I mean, I know it's his list, but I don't agree with it. I, I, I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's next? Unsolved Mysteries, which also used to scare the shit out of me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it, because, like, when we were growing up, mm -hmm. we had some really good ones. Oh, yes, yes. And the two that come to mind right off the bat are Transformers and G.I. Joe. Oh, well, yeah, um... I was, when you first said intros, I was thinking in terms of sitcoms, but yes, cartoons, definitely. Um, in fact, at work the other day, um, we were discussing Animaniacs. I forgot how this even came up, but um, they just start saying, it's time for Animaniacs, and they start singing a little bit of it, and then um, they stopped, and I was the only one that just kept going, and they looked at me, and I was I still remember it. Hmm. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> but it's like... Yeah. I mean, if there, there's so many you could pick from. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I just... I'm just voicing this out as a fan of Nostalgia Critic because I do watch his videos or most of his videos. I, I just don't agree with number one. Yeah, and I feel like with something like a TV intro, you have to narrow it down by category. You can't just say, you know, say maybe by decade, oh, this decade, these are the best ones out of this genre. These are the, you know, there's so many to pick. It's, right. Yeah. And what surprised me about this, or about the list, because I was talking to um, our friend Brian, last mm -hmm. night as we were on our way to a wrestling show in Joppa, which was a long-ass way. But anyway, <laughs> we were both surprised that he didn't put Batman, the animated show, in that list. Because he is such a huge fan of Batman, of that show. A huge fan. I mean, he even made a list of, like, his top 11 favorite episodes of Ooh, Batman. Batman. So when I watched it, and they, like, my first thought when he got to number one was like, oh, it's got to be Batman. It's going to be Batman. And when it wasn't, I was like, whoa, he didn't go with, I, I, I guess maybe he thought, you know, he's going to go with the obvious choice, Batman. But he didn't, which surprised me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It... I, I just didn't like 
the top his top choice, but you know, it is what it is. We could do our own list if we wanted to, but not today. Huh, my. Um, all right. So, Daniel, where do you want to go to now? Do you want to talk about our list, or do you want to talk about our little adventure that we used to have? Well, the adventure is a pretty long story. All right. So, we'll, so we'll go with our list? Well, how long did it... Yeah, I guess we could go to the list. Okay, we'll, we'll go. Okay, we'll about. do our list. Okay. Now, as we're recording this today, um, in our respective homes outside, it is 90 degrees with the heat index being over 100. And this actually fits into this list <laughs> that Danielle and I have each worked on. We have come up with a list. She did the actors, I did the actresses, of the top five hottest actors or actresses in a specific movie. Now, there is one rule that I made for this, and I'm sure some people are going to be pissed, and some might be happy. Who knows? They had to be real life. No cartoons. Oh, shit. Oh, you... <laughs> You had? Yeah, I'll change it, but okay. go on. All right. No cartoon characters. Because basically every time you talk about, oh, the hottest women in movies, Jessica Rabbit always comes up. And I'm like, she's a cartoon character. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Become animated? Go and date her? And, you know? So. The animated meet Flynn Rider. I'm sorry. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I've already ruined Danielle's <laughs> list. So, so basically, what it is is we've each came out or came up with our list. Dan, like I said, Danielle's going to do actors, and I'm mm -hmm. going to do actresses. Some, I know, with some of my choices, it may be controversial. But I really don't care, because this is this is my well our show. That's right. So, um, here's what I'm thinking: we could either do, we each give like our number fives and our number fours, or you could go through your whole list first, then I'll go through mine. We could do um, five, four. Okay. That way. Okay. Okay, that's fair. All right. Why don't you start with your number five? Okay. Ooh. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to get, like I said, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you picked him for um, number five. But uh, Jude Law in the holiday. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Ghost. I love how Buzzer just sounded out. Oh, there. yeah, that, that was the dryer. I know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, but yes. Uh. Now, he was, now, correct me if I'm wrong. He's yeah. the, in that movie, he's the one that dates Cameron Diaz. Yes, he does. All right. Okay. And you've seen it, yay. Well, I, I no, I, oh, okay. I mean, but I know of it. That's good. So you know any is there any specific reason? 
Other yeah. than that, he's Jude Law. Um, uh, that's good enough reason. That's right. All right. Uh, <laughs> seriously, watch The Holiday. It's uh, good. All right, I'll have to have a woman with yes, me. Well, you you could watch it for Cameron Diaz. Yeah. And Kate Winslet. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> all right. My number five is a controversial choice. But I really don't care. <laughs> My number five, Brooke Shields in the Blue Lagoon. Oh. And the reason that I picked that is because we got to remember at that time, like, yeah. what, what was it, 1980 that movie came out? Yeah. Um, you know, Brooke Shields is a teenager. And she, you know, basically she's, um, how old, hold on, let me see how old she was when this came out. Uh... Let me see. So it came out in 1980. She was born in 65. She was 15 when this movie came out. Wow. I didn't know she was that young. I would have, my guess would have been about 17 or 18, but wow. And just the way she looks, just so, you know, beautiful and for, you know, what she was at that time. Um, really, if you think about it, could sort of be thought of as the beginning of that age of, you know, beauty and sex personified, you know. Wow. If, if you think about it. Plus, she's only got, like, loincloth underwear on and no shirt, like most of the movies, so. Yeah, that's. Yeah. That was basically the drawer. Yeah. And, and and the actor that uh, was opposite her in the movie, he keeps getting Rackley. yeah he keeps getting asked after thirty plus years, did you you know did you do her? And he said in a recent interview, if I had a dime for every time I've been asked that question, I'd be a very rich man. I believe that. All right. It's also, um, I saw that movie, and it is a little darker than I thought it would be. Yeah, I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, um... It's not for the faint at heart. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Alright, you go ahead with your number four. Alright. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, my number four is... Hugh Grant... In Love Actually. You've ever seen Love Actually? And Hugh Grant was in a lot of movies before that. And actually, this was really, actually, Love Actually was a tough decision because he was also hot and Naughty Hiller, so I thought. And, um, but the thing is, is like he's really good looking, but he's kind of sort of awkward at the same time mm -hmm. and nerdy and I know that sounds really weird but um, especially in Love Actually he plays like the Prime Minister in Love Actually so you would think that like the Prime Minister would be like this big commanding like sort of guy but no he's Hugh Grant and he's dancing around to the Pointer Sisters and <laughs> 
and it's so freaking cute. And he, um, oh, I can't give it away. Uh, but, yeah. All right. Um, my number four, and it's probably going to be, as far as choices go, the oldest of our choices. But I think this should be mentioned, because at first, this number four was not on the list. Yeah. But then I recently, like, saw bits of this movie, and I had to put it on this. If I didn't have this on the list, it would sort of be a miscarriage of justice. My number four is Raquel Welch, 1 million BC. Mm. I mean, one of the biggest sex symbols of the movies, hands down. And that movie, her cave woman clothing, just her looks, is pretty much like the highlight, like the highest of highs mm -hmm. for Raquel Welch. All right. Um... See, now I feel weird because my list is mostly comprised of stuff that's in the um, past 10 years. Well, that was like, I, mm, well, I got one that's been. Yeah, and I, then I felt like, well, my God, am I trying to say that people in the past weren't hot? But <laughs> no. All right, let's keep going. Oh, my God. I'm like mentally changing lists in my head now because. It hurts when you're in the All right, but I'm gonna keep number um, number three, which is um, <clears throat> not just want to make sure I had the name right too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Chris Evans and what's your number? And I know a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, that movie sucked," <laughs> but I loved it. Wait a minute. All right, I gotta think back on that one. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people, because um, a lot of people saw the trailer and were like, oh my god, this is such a cheesy, lame, cliche, romantic comedy. And parts of it are. But, and this is like such a, the last few of these. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know Chris Evans is Captain America too, so most people would probably prefer that choice than what's your number, but I've never seen Captain America. I've seen what's your number. Right. So, um, but. All right. Yes. And if you don't know who Chris Evans is, Google, and you'll know why he's on this list. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, my number three is the most recent um, for me. And it is Halle Berry Monsters Ball. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. You know, and just her performance is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's so many things I could also say, but, right. you know, I'm going to keep it. Like I said, I'm going to keep it clean uh -huh. for everybody. I understand. I kept mine clean about Chris Evans, I can tell yeah. that. <laughs> and I'm going to keep the last two on this list clean, too, because 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now to your number two. Okay. Um. Oh man. Zac Efron in the Lucky One. <laughs> in the Lucky One. I hate Nicholas Sparks movies. But the fact that he cast Zac Efron in it was the only reason I went and saw this movie. Because when you see a movie trailer with Zac Efron shirtless saying you should be kissed every day and every hour, then hell yeah, I'm watching that movie. Hmm. And I felt weird. I always thought Zac Efron was hot, even when he did the High School Musical movies. And then I felt so weird because I didn't realize he's playing old. He's older in real life than his character was. So I felt like this creepy old woman who, and I was so relieved to learn that he was two years younger than me. I was like, yes, I can now lust legally. It's not <laughs> creepy at all. But um, I love Zac Efron in um, in the um, Lucky One so much that my friend and I went out and saw Neighbors just because he's shirtless most of the movie. Not because we want to see the movie. We were just like, well, he's going to be short this whole movie. And we laughed our asses off. We didn't expect it to be that funny, but it was. So, um, but yeah. All right. Uh, my number two, and how can you do a list, to me, for a guy, of hottest women in movies? Without Bo Derek, mm-hmm. I mean, my God, she's she's still good looking to this day. And I'm sure some of you are thinking, "Oh, he's gonna go with ten. That's the thing." No, I'm not gonna go with ten on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with another movie, and it's actually considered one of the worst movies of the '80s. Oh, God, I think I know what you're talking about. But I really don't care. <laughs> uh, Tarzan the Ape Man. No, I did not know what you were talking about. <laughs> um, it, She's just, you know, gorgeous. And then she does, I, I, I guess clothing optional is, uh, is considered. Yeah. Um, she's... Naked in that, um, a good amount, but oh, it's just Bo Derek at the height of her popularity and her hotness. Oh, god, I was way off. (laughs) What what one were you thinking? The movie I was thinking of was Daryl Hannah, not Bo Derek. Oh, jeez. yeah, I know. (sighs) It wasn't Splash though, because I love that movie. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's not Splash. It's not Splash, no. <laughs> All right, and now we go to our number one. Yes. I've been in love with him ever since I was... I don't even remember. Uh, but Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. All right. And How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Which, after rewatching as an adult, there are some parts that raise, make me raise my eyebrows, but not Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh, man. He, um, 
He was in How to Lose Guy in 10 Days. He did uh, the other one. The Wedding Planner. He's the only good thing about the movie, The Wedding Planner, by the way. I hated mm-hmm. that movie. No offense to J-Lo. I hated that movie. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Oh, EdTV. EdTV. Highly underrated film, but um, I loved that movie when I was, um, yeah, I guess teenager. Um, he's really cute in it, but he's also really funny because um, he's Matthew McConaughey, but they don't capitalize on the fact that, oh, Matthew McConaughey, he's ripped and gorgeous and stuff. Right. Yeah, it's him playing a regular guy that gets on a reality TV show, and it's kind of before the whole reality TV craze broke out too, so it's kind of hilarious in hindsight. Sort of, but, sort of foreseeing what would happen. Yeah, it's really except the difference is that it's a twenty-four hour reality show, but it's right. it's very hilarious in hindsight, and it's a really cute movie. So, Ed TV. <laughs> All right, my number one. Um, and when I thought of this list, I was like, there's no doubt. This person, number one on my list. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Jessica Lang, in her very first movie, 1976, King Kong. Oh, wow. Jessica Lang. Mm-hmm. For those that, for those that don't know, before she became a very successful actress, she was a model. And she got the attention of Dino De Laurentiis, um, and he wanted to do a movie with her, and the movie ended up being King Kong. She's just absolutely gorgeous in there. Um, and what's scary is some of the other people that were considered for the role that Jessica Lange got in that movie, uh, the the well-famous one is Barbara Streisand, which I'm glad she, <laughs> she didn't get that one. And the new one that's come out over the last number of years, Meryl Streep. That could have been, that could have been all right. Yeah. But Jessica Lange. Wow. And it all and some say it almost ruined her career, like her movie career, but to yeah. me it doesn't just oh absolutely she, beautiful. She was in this movie, which I thought you were gonna mention, um, called The Postman Always Rings Twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never seen it, but what I know of it is that Bravo back when they were primarily a film channel, uh, did a whole um, show about some of the sexiest scenes in movies. Mm-hmm. And The Postman Always Rings Twice, which I know most you've heard this movie, it's about uh, Jack Nicholson's The Mailman, and she has an affair with him. She's housewife has an affair with him. Or, no, not The Mailman. Um, <laughs> he's a drifter. Postman's more of a metaphorical title. Um and uh, they, there's a scene where they have sex on a kitchen table, and 
apparently it's really yeah and I just want to say real quick before I get hate mail. Oh, why isn't uh, Carrie Fisher Return of the Jedi not list not in your list? I'm going to explain right now. When she was in the Slave Leia outfit, it was only for a part of the movie. Not the whole movie. If it had been the whole movie... She, maybe she would be number one. Maybe. Yeah. But and, she wasn't. And that's the thing. Like, there's a ton of actors. I'm sure people are like, well, why didn't you pick him? Why didn't you pick him? These are movies I've actually seen. <laughs> there's a lot of actors in Hollywood that I think are really hot, but I haven't actually seen any of their movies. Mm -hmm. or, you know? Right. And, like, um... Somebody said, well, Shamar Morris, yeah, I think he's hot, but the one movie I saw him in, because he's primarily a TV actor. Yeah. So that was the other thing. If we'd get TV actors, we'd be in a whole different rate. Um, well, the one movie I've seen him in, I absolutely hate. Hmm. <laughs> but if you said, well, you, he's hot on um, primetime television, yeah, definitely. So there's that. All right. And that's our list, and of course you guys can put your opinions on if you agree, disagree. I'll let you guys know where you can send all that at the end of the show. Yes. All right. Um, Daniel thought of this topic, and I was like, I'm game, because I've got stories. So, um, I, well, I guess I'll tell it, and you can... Yeah. Fill in the blanks. You could like start okay. your version of it, then I can add in anything. Um, we did a summer. It wasn't a camp. It was more of like preparation, maybe. It could be a. It could be considered a day camp. Yeah, sort of a yeah, sort of. Usually, when I tell people about it, I say camp because it's less confusing. But yeah, yeah I, I guess day camp would be the right. Yeah. Word. Um, okay, so we did this thing called Project Access, which is at Howard Community College. Basically, it's a way for us to get prepared for the college life. Um, I only did it for one year, which was my senior year after I graduated. Danielle, I think you did two years? Yes, I did two. And because I was the, and the funny thing is, I was a year ahead of Bill in high school, so I was already gone when he. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about our experiences, <laughs> some yeah. stories that we have, uh, without naming names. That'll be fun. Uh <laughs> And to our friends who attended Project Access, um, if you remember these stories, good or bad, <laughs> we hope you have fun. We love you guys. <laughs> so I guess the first, for me, like the first thing story-wise mm -hmm. that I think about right away is 
the first week in particular. Yeah. Um, I had a friend. Uh, we went to high school together. We're we're not friends anymore. Uh-huh. And he he always thought of himself as a ladies guy. <laughs> and it sort of got annoying at times, I'm not gonna lie. So on the first day, the first day of this, she meets this girl who also graduated from high school. And they instantly hook up. Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Already already thought of as dating and all of that. And it it's serious like week after week. The you know, like watching this. Mm-hmm. And some are probably saying, well, this is a summer love thing. And looking back on it, it probably is. So we get to the final day. The, like, the last day when they do, like, awards and yeah. we do, uh, like, show some talents and stuff. Um, I was coming back from being the dummy in a karate demonstration. And I was the dummy. So I come back getting on the clothes that I had on. Here's my friend with his now girlfriend at this time and other people. It's supposed to be a dramatic thing. At the end, he proposes to her. Uh-huh. So, two thoughts are going through my mind. The first thought is, what the hell just happened? And number two, is this a real thing that I just saw? I would find out, maybe two weeks after that, that the proposal was real. He proposed to this girl that he met four weeks ago. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. In front of everybody. Oh, my God, I heard about that. Our friends, the other people, the parents, just right there. Proposed. She said yes. And remember... I wasn't sure if this was a legit thing at the time. So, then as we go into our first semester, um, they make the mistake, and I'm going to advise our younger listeners who are dating and probably going to the same college in the fall, <laughs> don't do what I'm about to tell you. They signed up. Uh-huh. For their first semester to take the same class together at the same time. Oh, God. Major no. Mm-hmm. Because that's when it started to fall apart. And by September or October, they were done. 
Wow. Yep. Oh my God. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right. Hmm. I, I, I got to hear one of yours. Okay. Well, first of all, I wanted to add some more stuff about Project Access. Because, Go ahead. Um, it, it's for people to transition to college, but it's for kids with learning disabilities to transition to college. First of all, I want to clarify that. Mm -hmm. It's if, like, I have ADHD and Asperger's. So what it is is, like, you, um, when you go to college, you have to sometimes get accommodations to help. Like, you need extra time on tests. You need a note taker. You need all these things. So it teaches you how to advocate for these things mm -hmm. as well as you go on college tours and the whole bit. It's a good program for that. Well, that's kind of how you get your parents to let you go. But my reasons for going were a little different. <laughs> um, I went to a school, I was going to a special um, high school at the time, kids with learning disabilities. And my friends had, um, there was a girl at our high school that was two years ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And she had gone to Project Access that summer, and just come back, and she had met a guy there. And we're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because when you're a teenager and you have ADHD, at that point, kind of, you just want to be around everybody else who has it because you don't really know how to associate, or at least I was like that. Yeah. Um, so um, she's like, you met a guy and he has ADHD, too? Wow. So, so she went and she met this guy and she was showing us pictures and um, he was her boyfriend for like a week or something or other. And so then the following year, our other friend went and she met a guy. So my friends, I had two friends that were in the same grade as me and we're like, oh my God, I can't wait till we go to Project Access. And meet. Because it's mostly geared towards those who are entering college. Mm hmm and you have to, like, get in. It's a program you have to get into first. You have to go on an interview the whole bit. Yeah. And um, so if you're in, like, 11th or 12th grade, you have a better chance of getting into it than you would if you're a freshman or a sophomore. So most of the people who went to this thing were, like, in juniors or going into their junior or senior year of high school or already graduating from high school and starting college. So I was starting my senior year of high school. I went and signed up to go to it. Mainly to meet a boy. <laughs> the whole advocating thing. That's how you get your parents to agree. To let you go. And um, so I got my first boyfriend there. And my first kiss. I'm not naming names. <laughs> um, but I was 16 years old. And... Um, I had uh, <laughs> I had no clue about boys, or I did, but I was so awkward. Right. I was so awkward. And I had my first boyfriend, and I had never been kissed. And the whole day, we had to go on a field trip to the college tour. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we have college. Yeah, I'm sure there will be a lot of field trip stories. This is one of them. We were going to go on a field trip for college tour. So we had just started dating, as you will, um, the day before. So naturally, when you're 16 years old and you're dating, the only 
logical conclusion is you have to spend the whole day hanging out with each other. Like the whole trip, sitting next to each other on the bus, going in. And then when you have to go in your separate groups, because we were grouped by alphabetical order and he was at the beginning of alphabet, I was at the end. So we were all pissed. We had to go off in our groups. Um, but I was so nervous that I was going to, because he was going to kiss me and he was going to kiss me. So I had gum in my mouth the entire day <laughs> because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and he knew this. And he knew that that pack of gum was going to run out at some point. So at the end of the day, we're going home. We're getting on our buses. He's like, oh, come, yeah. So I was like, oh, all right. So right in front of all of the buses, as we're going home, I got my first kiss. And everybody saw it. Oh, no. <laughs> And I mean, it was cool though, because, you know, my friends are all giggly. Because I have those type of friends that are in like romantic comedies that follow you around and giggle a lot. So they're like, mm, mm. oh my God. So embarrassing. But we, we had this on again, off again thing that went on into college, and it was really messy, and he turned out to be a real jerk. But, um, but that was the lovely time. Hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, all right. My favorite trip story is the one that I went to where we went to George Washington University. Mm-hmm. And we had a good time until we were getting ready to leave. One of the buses broke down oh yeah so and we used to have like three buses <laughs> so now i was not on the bus that broke down so the person in charge who we we shouldn't say her name should we no okay yeah out of respect um <laughs> yeah they made a decision of, like, if you do not have, like, a cell phone with you to call your parents and tell them what happened to please go on the other bus. This is pre when every teenager had a cell phone. Exactly. That's what it Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, I had mine. There weren't a lot of us actually on that bus. So we're driving around DC trying to get out. Mm -hmm. We're at a red light. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we see these Chinese people protesting about uh, treatment in Tibet. Oh my God. And they end up coming on the bus. Oh, shit. And they give us these pamphlets. It was the craziest thing. And, oh, no. And the director was trying to get them off the bus, but it was so like, oh, great. Was, oh, my God. It was hilarious. So we had that. And then we had this heavy rain coming down <laughs> on the way back. Oh, shit. 
on a bus with maybe 11, 12 uh, students. I'm not going to say kids. Mm -hmm. Students. And meanwhile, this other bus, which should not be holding as much as it did. Oh, it was hilarious. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, I actually, now that re, um, reminds me of two similar stories, both involved in field trip. Um, but I guess I'll tell you the most stressful one. Um, <laughs> um, I had, um, we had gone to McDaniel College, um, which is about, I'd say, an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it was a really, really hot, sweltering day outside. Um and, you know, school buses, they aren't air conditioned. Yep. So when you you have to wait till like it's driving down the street at a certain speed before you get like a cross breeze. So um, so we were um, leaving McDaniel and we were like, come on, you know, let's go because we're like because they, they had to do head count because there's like um, there's a lot of kids. There's about, I'd say hmm. 200. Yeah. Yeah. So you, they'd have to count, you know, they had to do head counts, make sure everybody's accounted for the whole thing. And they finally had gone through it and we're like, yay, 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 let's go, let's go. And the bus driver backs the bus into the other bus <laughs> as we're pulling out. And to add insult to injury, the bus we're on is a handicap bus. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> that... So then we're sitting here even longer. And then, of course, it caused somebody else to freak out because um, they and I'm not making fun of this person because they are totally justified in freaking out. Um, they had been in a car accident previously, so they were having memories. It triggered memories and they were freaking out. So then would, we need to calm them down. And, would it be somebody that I know? No. OK. Um, and then we'd get, oh, it was so terrible. And everybody is flipping out. Like, shit, did she hit the other bus? What? Um, there are people worried about that girl. There are people who like, let's go. There are people, oh, my God. So finally, the bus gets going about, I don't know how much later. And um, we get back to the school. And then, because um, what what there was was you had the buses that went on the field trips. And then those same buses were also the buses who took the kids home from, um, you know, to their designated drop-off location. Right. So, um, and they were divided up by county. Like, I was on the Baltimore County bus, and then they had, like, Howard County kids or the um, Montgomery County. So, I had um, gotten on my bus. Well, the person who drove my bus home was, like, the head bus driver. Like, the I guess he had more authority over the bus drivers. Mm -hmm. And he chewed her ass out in that parking lot and fired her. Well, fired her? Yes. Whoa. Yeah. I'm assuming she had done something else previously. And this was this. and yeah. this was right in front of all you guys. Yes. We're like waiting to go home and all the kids in the Baltimore County bus <laughs> retreated to this. <laughs> wow. Like, here, listen to him just yell. Because people were yelling at her after she backed into the bus and she kept saying, I put it in neutral, I put it in neutral. They're like, no. They're like, neutral isn't reverse. <laughs> um, and, yeah, 
he got into so much trouble. And this is my first summer there. The following summer, I didn't see her back. So, yeah. I guess she stayed fired. She stayed fired. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Um, trying to think of another. Okay, I do have another one. Yeah. So, one of the afternoon classes that we used to have mm -hmm. was, like, it was like acting. Sort of oh, like yeah. A, this act. might be similar to the story I'm going to tell, but go on. All right. All right. Maybe not. Okay. I, I, I don't think so. But. Okay. So, one of the things we did was we played a version of To Tell the Truth. Oh, really? And we were split up into different groups. And we eat, we had to pick one story to, you know, tell. And, and you know, we all had to agree on it. And then, you know, sit in front of the, you know, who, whoever wasn't doing it. And tell them, you know, the story. So I was like, oh, I got a good one. How about we talk about, or how about we tell... Um, the time I met Dale Hunter from the Washington Capitals. So, and I thought, okay, this is going to, you know, it could be good. You know, we're going to keep it happy. And then somebody in the group was like, well, how about we tell the story of how my father died? Oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, no. What? So he tells the story and everyone is like, okay, we'll do that. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, wait a minute, I don't want this to be depressing. You know, we're supposed to have fun, we're supposed to have a get, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So guess what happened? What? We went with that story. Oh my God. So, you know, I, so I choose the last chair. Mm-hmm. And I have to think, okay, I got to be as convincing as I could be. Yeah. Not saying, okay, this is, you know, because, like, I know I'm not going to cry, you know, in this story. I don't remember if the gentleman did. I want to say he did it. So I tell the story as exactly as, as he told us. And I'm not going to get into detail. Because mm -hmm. I think it would be, I mean, it wasn't graphic, but just <laughs> out of respect. The subject. The subject, yes. And I'm having the most miserable time, you know, first having to listen to the other people, including the real one. And then when I did mine, I basically told it, in my fashion, my way. Mm -hmm. And nobody bought my version, thankfully. Yeah. Thankfully. And it was just so... It, it was painful and embarrassing at the same time. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, that Dale Hunter story, that would have been a hell of a lot better. Yes, yes. But yeah, drama was the fun class we were always, that was the one we always looked forward to going to. 
in the because we had classes like it was just regular classes you had a class where you they taught you like advocating for things but other classes we had just like math and it was kind of like going to school almost except you didn't have homework <laughs> did you now real quick before you tell your yes you had did you have the computer class oh yeah i had two computer classes i had a i meant the afternoon one. Oh yes we had internet class okay I just Which wanna... seems kind of funny now. Yeah. To have an internet class, but this was in 2003, yep. and we had to make a GeoCities page as part of our internet assignment. Oh, we didn't have that one. Huh. Uh, All okay. right. But yes. Um. <laughs> but um, we had drama class, and our drama teacher. Um, because I went um, two years in a row, and what you did was the second year they had a group, and they they had different groups. Um, in the morning you were grouped alphabetically, and in the afternoon you were grouped by what career you wanted to pursue. But if you had come back the second year, you were in what was called the returning group, which was just the kids from last year. So that was fun because you at least got to spend the afternoon with the kids that you saw last summer that you might have made friends with. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but our theater, our drama class, there was this part, um, and we knew it, it comes, we were dreading it. Um, he would give us a stack of scripts to act out scenes from. And, you know, some of them were, you know, one of them was a scene where two friends had saw, saw each other for the first time again. And one was a scene with two parents, you know, pretty, you know, G-rated stuff. Yeah. Well, there's one scene that we always dreaded getting picked for, and that was a scene from an episode of All My Children, which is the morning after <laughs> couple just slept together. Oh! So we would always get this, and he would deliberately, because, you know, it's camp, and people are teenagers, and me and other people, they had, they would couple off, you know, and date random people or whatever but he would deliberately not pick anybody that was a couple oh really because i remember the second year i did this my boyfriend at the time was like we could do it we could do it and, and i think they were like well yeah but that wouldn't take much acting so we weren't gonna pick you because he was just like waving his hand and i didn't want to do it either because mm -hmm. this was like you know, waking up in the morning like, ooh, yes, oh, it was so good, baby. And, <laughs> um, all right. So every year they would pick, and what they would do is they would always pick two people who didn't really even talk to each other <laughs> to do this, to add to the awkwardness. <laughs> and or, or I guess to make it a real acting challenge. Well, our friend, I'm not going to say her name. She, I don't even know if she's listening to this. But our one friend got picked, and she was so embarrassed to do this. And she read it with about the most deadpan expression. You could, and, and, and so, like, mechanically, like, she just read the scene off the paper. And the guy who's doing it is trying to get into it, trying, you know, to actually act. And she's up here like, oh, thank you, honey. Oh, this no. was really good. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed it, too. Uh-huh. Oh. 
God. Oh, man. And she's going to, I didn't say her name. In fact, I'm sure 10 years later, more than 10 years, like she remembers this, but yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't have any other stories. Oh, I have tons. Well, we only have so much time. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. But definitely... Um, Maybe we could continue it into next month. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't mind not... I understand not telling, but I'm like, hey, if anybody listening who used to be part of it wants to talk... Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. We'd love to reminisce, but, but those are just a few of them. Oh, my. Yeah, it was fun time. Yep. Oh All right. Well, now we're going to go into our um, movies and albums of the month mm -hmm. for the month of July. And I'll start with the movie for, mm -hmm. for this month. Yeah. Um, And this is the one that I've been saving for, like, the last two episodes for. Oh, yeah. So, um, I guess I gotta set this up a little bit. The year is 1972. Mm. Alright? That's the year The Godfather comes out. Mm -hmm. Arguably one of the greatest movies of all time. One of the biggest movies of all time. There's another movie that came out that year, mm -hmm. and it sort of gets overlooked because of, you know, it being the same year as The Godfather came out. However, at the Oscars that year, this movie won... More awards. See, this is something that people don't know. This movie won more awards than The Godfather did that year. And let me get the... Uh, all right, let me tell you the awards. Yeah, here we go. Let me get this real quick. Now I, now I got to find the year. This is the thing I don't like about Wikipedia sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I'll just type this in. Uh, here we go. Okay. So, basically, this movie was up for 10 Oscars. Same with The Godfather. It mm -hmm. won eight. Wow. The movie is Cabaret. The movie uh, stars Liza Minnelli, who won an Oscar for Best Actress in this role, which she really deserved. Uh, Joel Grey, who was the MC, I guess you could say he was sort of the storyteller as well. He mm -hmm. won Best Supporting Actor in a field where he beat Robert Duvall, James Caan, and Al Pacino. And those three were in the Godfather movie. It is, ah. it, it is a musical. 
Yes, uh-huh. it is. Um, but it's a really good story. It's set in Germany before, right before the Nazis start taking over uh, first Germany and then the rest of Europe. Um, like I said, this this is a very good movie. It was up for it was not it was up for ten nominations, and it won eight. The eight that it won was best film editing, best cinema photography, best art direction, best sound mixing, best uh, score, adaption, and original. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else did it win? Uh, best supporting actor, best actress, and best director. The two it did not win were Best Adapted Screenplay and, of course, the big one, Best Picture. Mm. If, if Cabaret had come out any other year, it would have won Best Picture hands down. Oh, yeah. That's how good that movie is. So that is my movie of the month. Okay. Wow. That's a tough act to follow. Dropping some knowledge. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, I'm sticking with my original choice. I'm going to get my ass laughed off. I don't really care. Uh, all right. Well, because it's summer, so I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll make a summer theme with my movie and album picks. So, um, Okay. My movie, and I know I doubt anybody's heard of it, and those who have probably think it's lame. Um, Back to the Beach. And, <laughs> all right, oh, sweet. In the 60s, there were these beach movies, beach party movies. Um, Frankie Avalon, Net Funicello made uh, Beach Blanket Bingo, Beach Party, Muscle Beach Party, those movies. Mm-hmm. They were pretty straightforward. In fact, watching, I've seen Beach Blanket Bingo and I like cringed at just how, oh God, really, really bad. But um, but in 1987, they made a movie which is essentially like sort of sending up what they did, parodying it. Right. In a way. But it's basically them 20 years later, Frankie's become like a burned out used car salesman. (laughs) And Annette's a ditzy kind of housewife. And they go to, um, they, they wound up moving to Ohio because Frankie had a tragic surfing accident. And um, they just, and they have this son who's like a kind of, not a goth. Mm-hmm. Whatever in 1987 <laughs> kids were that were rebellious, if you would. He, like, wears a leather jacket and has, like, a fake tattoo. I don't know what the hell to call him. It's, there's a word for it. But he, he kind of doesn't fit into the whole, he, he kind of doesn't fit into, like, his mother's kind of crazy vision of the perfect child. So, um, but they go to, um, they're going to Hawaii on vacation, but then they decide to stop in California and visit their old beach where their daughter is living and go visit her 
and it turns out they discover their daughter's living with a guy, and it, and their daughter's played by um, Lori Loughlin, went on to star in Full House, played Aunt Becky in Full House. Right. This is, I think this is about a year before she did that. Um, but it's a really funny movie. There's a lot of cameos of um, old, uh, they have like Gilligan and Skipper and Pee Wee Herman even is it. <laughs> yeah, Pee Wee Herman. He even sings a song. Oh no. <laughs> um, but it's a it's like a really great kind of nostalgia fest of the eighties and the sixties. Like you know how the, every decade has like that twenty year nostalgia thing. Yeah. It's a great mixture of like the eighties and the sixties kind of together, and and it's all bright and colorful. And I don't know, it's a huge guilty pleasure of mine. And if you aren't, you know. Are, are into that sort of thing, then definitely go see Back to the Beach. And it's really sad because it actually did well, and they would have done more movies and possibly a TV show, but um, Annette Funicello got sick and was diagnosed, um, I think it was MS, um, yeah. and she, um, it got worse, and eventually she passed away about 20 years or so later, but... yeah. It's kind of sad to think of what could have been because it was a really funny movie, but yeah. All right. And now we will go with our albums of the month. Do mm -hmm. you want to start this one? or? Yeah, because I'm like torn between two. They're by the same artist, though. Okay. So it's going to be a double one. I'm sorry. Um, but... Um, since it's summer and it's, people go to the beach, like I said, back to the beach, you can't do it without the Beach Boys. And the Beach Boys' Endless Summer album has, like, every, maybe not every song they've had, because they've, you know, they have, their recording um, history spans a good good portion, but it, 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 it's a pretty good um, haul in terms of a greatest hits album. You start off at, um, sur um, sur you know, the classics from the 60s, like Surfing USA, mm -hmm. Good Vibrations, um, God Only Knows. Uh, and then you venture into the 80s where they had a comeback with Kokomo. Right. And, Which is um, in Indiana, by the way. Mm -hmm. It's not It's not an on a look exotic location it's in indiana so i didn't even know it was a real place so there you go but um yeah so um kokomo and um oh not endless summer it's called the sounds of summer sorry okay but sounds of summer and um but it's uh really good i think if you're just getting into the Beach Boys and just discovering them for the first time, that's a good album to get because it just kind of spans a good portion of their career. So, so it's sort of like a best of. Yeah, it's a best of album. And it's if you're going to get a best of album, that is probably one of the better ones to get. Um, obviously, it covers the songs that charted. So like, if you want to get more obscure songs, naturally, you're going to, you know. But that one, and also the Beach Boys, what I didn't know was that I knew they had recorded in the 90s, 
but and I knew that they had toured and things, but what I didn't know was that they had released a new album in um just a couple of years ago. And it's called That's Why God Made the Radio. Okay. And it is so good. It, it's like the Beach Boys, and it, it has the old sound. And you can kind of tell it's a little more recent because their voices sound more, um, a little more mature. But it's that old sound again, and it's so good. And if you listen to it, you might have, you wouldn't think that it was made in like, um, I believe it's 2012. Um, and yeah, 2012. And uh, I, and it is some of the original members are still on there. It, um, Al Jardine mm-hmm. and Brian Wilson and Mike Love are on there. So it's not like some, random like you know when those older groups get back together to release a new album they get like their replacement members no it, it's them and it is a really good album and i highly recommend right. listening to it all right um this is actually a first because i also have a compilation album mm-hmm. or best of so this is actually the first that we both have the same style yeah for this month um this one just like jessica lang earlier when i was thinking of what should i pick Mm -hmm. this one just right away was the one i had to do and it is all over the world the very best of electric light orchestra elo oh yeah this is such a great album compilation album um the best way to describe it is you don't have to buy like their albums to like all their albums to appreciate the music that they did and mm-hmm. it's got some of their biggest hits there's one that I'm a little confused of why it's not on this album but uh-huh. um let me tell you some of the songs on here Mr. Blue Sky Evil Woman don't bring me down. Mm-hmm. Turn to stone. The diary of Horace Wimp. Uh, Living thing. Telephone line. Strange magic. Rock and roll is king. It's just a great, great album. Yeah. You know, if you are like, huh? Well, you, you know, they got good stuff. I don't want to buy like, uh, like a studio album. Let me get this compilation album you know see what you know see how it's like and you could tell now this album i have it up on uh, in front of me it's it came out 10 years ago this album let me show you and let me tell you guys how popular this still is on amazon anyway it is right now as of this recording july the 19th number 326 in all of music. Think about how many albums Amazon sells. Mm-hmm. Number 326. Mm-hmm. It is currently number 10 in their progressive rock category. Wow. Number 27 
in their album-oriented rock category for classic rock, and it's number 307 in their pop category. Mm. So after all these years, you know, they're still a very good band. This is a very good album, and I definitely recommend everybody getting this album. And you may end up liking so many songs. I know I did when I after listening to this over and over again. Just a fantastic best of album. Alright, well that's going to do it for this month. Uh, if you guys have any questions or well, I'm sure we're going to get comments uh, from our list. Uh, send an email, by161524 at gmail.com, and uh, you could title it in the subject uh, Nostalgia Crew, and just send it to us, and we'll read it next month. Um, that's pretty much it for this month. Um, yeah. Next month, we're going to get right into August, and I, I know I got something that I want to talk about. But I got two things already, so. So we'll keep you guys on the edge of your seat waiting for yeah. next month. <laughs> so for Danielle, I'm Bill. You guys have been listening to Nostalgia Crew, and we'll talk to you guys next time.